Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey, welcome to part two of my interview with Lisa Hilton, real estate syndicator and host of the Level Up REI podcast. I'll save my important announcements for the outro so you can enjoy the episode. So let's jump right in. There's so many different options out there that it can become it can become overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But it's it's much easier if you know who you are first. Yes. And then that'll trim the list down to to a few things. Like you yeah. mentioned cash flow and uh appreciation, mm-hmm. which I think is a big deal, right? For people who are looking to invest. Because a lot of people want to see money now versus do you are you willing to wait later on? Right? Yes, hundred um, so, percent. Did you did you come in as a, a, a you came as a cash flow person right off the bat then right Yes, I was always concerned about cash flow, um, and that was because 2017 when I realized that I didn't see myself working in corporate America for the rest of my life. I knew I needed to be buying. I needed to be investing in investments that kick off cash flow. So my investment strategy was heavily influenced by how I want, like the kind of life I'm trying to create for myself. If I saw myself as someone who was going to spend, you know, work in corporate America until I'm 65, then my decisions in terms of what I would invest in would be different. Yeah. And, and then that, that answers the question, like, how do you know what deal is for you, right? If, it, if the numbers have to work out. Yes. So, Knowing what kind of deal is for you, super important. Um, For me, I think the first thing I look at from a real estate point of view is I need to like, know, and trust the operator. Like that's the first thing that I need to do. And sometimes the most of the times that takes some time. Like I like when I get to know, when I get introduced to someone, I'm like, I go find out if they've been on podcasts to listen to their podcasts, listen to their videos, read their blogs, check out their website, talk to other investors, sort of say, hey, like, have you invested with this person before? What has been your experience? Um, find out about their track record, talk to them, you know, and see, hey, like, do I even like this person? Would I, you know, do I trust them? Like, and like start building that relationship. Because it is a relationship. This is not stocks. <laughs> yeah. you, when you invest in a property, you could be in it from anywhere from a year to five years to seven years to maybe even 10 years. So you definitely want to make sure you do your research. Um, the next thing is like getting clear on the type of asset class that you want to play in um, and why. Like why you want to play in those kind of asset classes. So like, for instance, there are people out there that like opportunistic, like they like development deals or they like class C assets or they like like heavy turns. Um, Nothing's wrong with those kinds of assets. But I think it's like super important to to know like, you know, why you want to go into that. And like if that is the kind of asset that you 
you know, prefer. Like you, you want that kind of return. You're comfortable with those kinds of risks um, and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that is the next thing. Um, connected to that is like understanding fundamentals of real estate. So once you get clear in your asset class, so be it um, multifamily, mobile home parks, self-storage, et cetera, like by and large, they're all sort of similar in terms of um, fundamentals. Like you want population growth, you want to see job growth, you want to see a market that has like that kind of stuff going on in it. Um, You want to a landlord friendly market and a business friendly market, which usually will put you in the Southeast um, as well as the South Southern part of the United States by and large. Um, And then being able to look at a deal and determine whether a deal is a good fit for you. So like looking at the numbers and now that part is like, I think the biggest thing for me from an underwriting perspective is like understanding the assumptions that are being, that are going on in this deal. So once again, that comes back to you getting clear on the type of asset class that you want to play in because different asset classes might have different assumptions. Um, so for multifamily, for instance, biggest assumption is like rent growth. Um, and you're looking to see, does that make sense? Um, and many times it's like just taking a quick search on the internet at other multifamilies in that area to see, hey, like, Are the numbers for rent that they're saying to me, does it really make sense given what I see on apartments.com for the the apartments that are surrounding this apartment? So it's not hard things to do, but it's things that investors, passive investors who are thinking about investing in these kinds of deals should do. So that way they are empowered when they're looking at a deal in the beginning, because really and truly that's the only amount of time commitment you really need to make is like making sure you take some, a couple steps to make sure that this is a deal that you do want to invest in before you send in your money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you could have been, you could have been making as a, as a control comp, Comptroller, controller? Yeah, controller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. No key. No, um, there's no key. As a controller, I mean, and an accountant in corporate America, I mean, you could, you're comfortably making, you know, you could make six figures comfortably. Yeah. Right. Depending on where you are. But you just named, you know, five or six steps that if you do this a few times, then you can make that, you can make that same amount of money just with less effort. Yeah. You know, it, I would say that. Those steps, I wouldn't say that that is a hundred percent true. Okay. Let me let me just be honest about that. Like, I wouldn't say that that would be a hundred percent true. So, yes, you got to take those steps, but in terms of replacing a six figure income, it that takes time. That takes time, um, and maybe people can do it faster with the stock market, but I know for sure with real estate, it's a slow climb. There's no doubt about it. Like. It's a slow climb, but it's something that is definitely done. And I have people, I have met and interviewed people on my podcast who are cash flow investors who have been able to successfully do it and no longer work W-2s. And they were six-figure earners. So it 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 takes time. It's a multi-year initiative. Yeah. But I mean, even in I mean, I get I love the stock market, but even I mean, it's a couple of points you talked about, right? One, I'll never be able to sit down with Tim Cook, 
right? You can mm-hmm. sit down with your syndicator and uh, the operator and you can talk to this person. You know, Jeff Bezos is not going to answer my call. Mm-hmm. I just have to trust that if I invest in this company, it's going to go up and not down. Um, so that's that's one thing with the uh, real estate over the stock market is that the the community can be is a lot tighter, right? Than the stock market There's a lot of you know blank faces when you're trading stocks. And, and again, not to steer anybody in either direction, but again, it's about knowing who you are. If you're more comfortable. Uh, if you're more comfortable operating in a situation where you can reach out to somebody and ask questions and see how that person's moving, then real estate. If you're somebody who, you know, you don't really care, you just want to be able to get your money in and get it out, then maybe stocks. But having a combination of the two feeds both demons, right? Yes. Yeah. So talk to me about some some lessons, uh, lessons that you yeah. learned since you started investing in real estate, some of the, some lessons that are going to change some of the listeners lives as they, as they listen to them. Yeah. Number one, I think you need to get clear on what brings you to the party. Um, so spending the time to research and understand, get yourself educated about all the different ways you can invest real estate, stock market, whatever, and like getting super clear on that, because that then will enable you to get, avoid the shiny object syndrome of getting into investments that are not in alignment with what you truly want. Um, And then next thing you know, you're in some operating deal that looked really nice and shiny and doesn't generate any cash flow. And you're like, oh, I wanted it to generate cash flow. Like what's going on? And then you're like, oh shit, these things don't generate cash flow. So, so there's that. Um, The second thing is as a real estate investor, specifically for real estate, um, as you're thinking about buying, say, a property on your own, I think it's important to be sure to run the numbers. Many times as I meet investors who are trying to do it on their own, they're not look, they're not trying to invest in like real estate syndications. They just sort of think, oh, the rent on this property is like $1,500. i am going to get all $1,500. And they don't think about, oh, like I'm going to have to pay taxes. I'm going to have to pay insurance. I'm going to have to pay property managers. Like, you know, consider all the things that you're going to need to pay. And then you'll know what your true cash flow. And that is the true cash flow. And that is what you can then use to run your return. You know, that the cash that's coming off divided by whatever amount of money you've invested in that deal. Um, So like that is like what you can sort of say, oh, this is my real return on this real estate investment. And how does that compare to me investing in the stock market or me investing in some other deal or some other real estate property? Um, I think the third thing that I would say I've learned from this experience as well is that you good deals every day. There's a good deal. Take the time to get to know the people you want to invest with and get to know the asset class and get to know the deal because good deals are coming every single day. Um, I see like last week alone, there's like tons of deals to invest in, (laughs) in real estate. Um, So you just don't like get focused on what it is that you want to do and make sure that you do the work, get your questions answered. And if intuitively you feel like, man, something's off. If you feel something's off, don't go for it. <laughs> um, just respect that because there's more deals coming 
and you're going to be okay. Um, the next thing I would say is take the time to get educated. Like this is super important. If you want to invest in multifamily, self-storage, mobile home parks, or industrial or anything else, there's so much office, hotels, you know, hotel conversions, the multifamily, the whole nine yards, like just spend some time researching. And that might mean, you know, reading blogs, listening to podcasts like these and like mine, um, and just sort of get to understand like what is underwriting, what are these real estate syndications, what are some of the key things that you need to know about a particular asset class, what are some of the key um, assumptions that operators are going to make, you know, some of those are like rent, growth, um, and like if they're going to be changes like CapEx changes, just asking questions about whether these things are reasonable. And when people, um, when you meet operators, sign up to get on their list. So that way you can start seeing some of these deals come to you and look at the deals. Like you don't need to be investing in everything, but like look to see, oh, what was the return on this one? Like what was the rent growth projections on this? What was the CapEx budget on this guy? Um, And like you can then with time sort of compare it to other ones. And now you have your own database of like, oh, these are the projects I've seen so far. This makes sense. And like, you know, spending the time to get to know people, um, meet other investors. So that way you have a network of investors that you can talk to and sort of say, Hey, bounce ideas. Have you invested with this person before? Um, and you can do that bigger pockets, Facebook groups. There's tons of Facebook groups with passive investors in them. Um, and you can go in there, meet other people, build relationships. Um, and the last thing I would say in terms of lessons learned is that collaboration is super important. I know a lot of people want to do everything on their own. I know, (laughs) especially when they come from the world of stocks, because in the world of stocks, (laughs) you can do everything on your own. But in real estate, especially if you decide to play at these larger levels, this is not a solo sport. It's a team sport. It's a team sport. So, you know, everything from deciding that you just want to invest passively to deciding that you want to invest actively, all of that is teams. So just sort of, you know, being open to collaborate and getting clear on like, you know, what brings you to the party, what's your unique ability, how you can help other people and how other people can help you. I like it. I like it. And I think those, I think those are very helpful. It makes it very, um, doable right yes i hope very very doable uh so i you told me uh before we got on here that you had a freebie for my listeners yeah so tell us tell us about that uh tell us about that yeah totally so i have just created an ebook um it's a beginner's guide to real estate syndications Um, It talks about what real estate syndications are, like some of the benefits of why someone would consider investing. And it also has a little case study in the end of what a typical, how a a typical real estate syndication looks like as well. So. All right. So and where do they find the book? um, They can find the book if they go ahead to my website um, and then just drop their email in on my website, lisahilton.com. It's right at the front page on the homepage down at the bottom. Um, the ebook is right there. So they just go there, sign up and 
and it'll just come to them via their email. So yeah. LisaHilton.com, Beginner's Guide to uh, Real, Real Estate Syndication. And I, I'll be getting that one myself. And how else can they reach you? Because you are a uh, you're a syndicator yourself, right? Yeah. So they can correct. can they find that all on the website? Yes, all of that is on the website. When you go to my website, there's a page for my podcast. There's also a page for my blogs. Um, so that's a one stop shop. Everything is there. My videos are there um, as well. So the whole nine yards are on my website right now. Great. And I'm going to hit you with a uh, a question that I didn't send you. I sure. want to know right now your favorite uh, your favorite quote. Ah, um, I would say, let's see. I think <laughs> I have I have two. I have two. Please. Um, the first is it takes courage to discover, develop and donate your genius to the world. Um, and the second one is what you don't know can be your greatest asset if you let it, because it ensures that you are going to do it differently. And that's by Sarah Blakely. I like it. Yes. I like it. Well, listen, thank you, Lisa, for coming on the show. Uh, remember, LisaHilton.com, Beginner's Guide to Real Estate Syndication. And if you're interested in investing with Lisa, too, maybe start growing your passive income portfolio, uh, you can get that on LisaHilton.com as well. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. Thank you. Let me tell you, I had such a good time interviewing Lisa and an even better time going back and fixing the episode and then listening to it again. And she really is a brilliant investor. I mean, knowing uh, what you want as an investor is far more important than just uh, how much money you can make. Everybody wants to fix and flip. Everybody wants to rent. I mean, that's the hot topic, right? Uh, But just like in stocks, you have to know what brings you to the party. What strategy best fits your goals and abilities? And make sure you go back and listen to part one if you missed it and grab her free ebook. I already let her know that I'm absolutely going to be an investor in one of her next uh, syndication deals. Now, uh, with the stock market, inflation data is coming out today and core inflation rate. And we also have the Fed interest rate decision next week. So I'm really expecting nothing much to change. If anything, I'm expecting people to be more enthusiastic. But we we never know what uh, the reaction is going to be when that core inflation does uh, come out. Also, our $20 challenge is in full swing. I actually really bought fractional shares of Spotify on Tuesday. But because of the audio mishap, uh, you didn't get the notice soon enough. So... I'm going to stay in that play, but I'm going to be looking for the next play to let you know uh, where I'm going to invest. I'm going to start the $20 challenge, right? So that $20 I put into Spotify, I'm going to leave that alone because, again, uh, you guys weren't there for that. But the next time I put find a a play to put $20 in to start our $20 challenge, I will let you know before um, that episode airs. See you all tomorrow. This has been your host, Alex Cunningham, saying be well. And remember, as you begin searching for answers to life's challenges, don't seek security. Seek adventure.